This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. We are on episode two on our third season so thank you for joining and listening again we had some really 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 good feedback on our last episode um with les ferdinand um so thank you all for listening um really really good stuff it's a good feedback so we've got lots of we'll probably have some more players and, and, and ex-players coming up in the future um so keep listening to that but this one is the first episode since the new season kicked off three games have been and gone so let's get through it we've got Duncan McCready, how are you, Dunk? Um, hot, in a word. Yes. <laughs> um, very, very hot. I apologise to anyone listening if they can hear my fan, but I've got to have it on because otherwise I'm going to melt. But apart from that, I'm really good, mate. How are you? I need to say something, and, and again, if you're not watching on YouTube or whatever, is it? Why? Well, you can hardly see it, to be fair, but there's a rumour going around that you've dyed your hair like Charlie Austin. Yeah. Oh, I was just in, I was inspired. So it well, is inspired um, by Charlie Austin. I was, yeah, it's inspired by Charlie Austin, yeah. When I go up and play a bit of five-a-side, get my QPR shirt on, bang some goals in. 
Happy days. It looks good, mate. Yeah. We've probably got the worst <laughs> haircuts jealous. going in, in, in the podcast world. Uh, Bradley's noodle <laughs> hair. And, you, you know, my hair's not the greatest. Jack, you've got good hair, mate. <laughs> Need to cut, though. It's, I'm not really contributing much to the hairstyle world right now. So, so anyway, Jack Summers back on. Jack the stat man, up to man. How are you, mate? Been a while? Yeah, yeah very well. A bit like Duncan, obviously hot. But, uh, you know, really pleased to get back on here and, you know, break down last few games and talk some QPR. Yes, let's get into it. So three games, two win- and two defeats, one win. It's not been terrible, not been great in every aspect, really, I think. Um, Dunk, what are, your f- what are your thoughts? Do you want to start? Well, we're going starting on Blackburn. A quick one on Blackburn, yeah. Quick... We haven't really reviewed that. Um, I think what... It was one of those games where it was kind of just cagey, wasn't it? It was always going to be, I think, the first game of the season, two new managers, two teams possibly having a bit of a change in direction. And, I mean, apart from the fact that they scored a wonder goal, it was a pretty even game. We, we just didn't create anything. And it was just, I, th- I feel like maybe it was like first day nerves almost for us. Yeah, I mean, the game was tight, wasn't it? It could have been... Yeah. Like... Two, like Bill said, two 20, 25 yarders. One went in, one didn't. One at the bar, you know, it would have been a different game. Armstrong scores that one at the end and, and we'll go away happy. I feel like, and I will get on to Byron in a second, but I feel like the Blackburn game was, wasn't was as bad as we as it. I know we didn't create much, but first game of the season, I don't think Blackburn created too much either. Um, no. We're still missing a lot of our key players as well. I think away from home, Blackburn are a good side as well. I don't, I don't think it was the end of the world. I there was a lot of good performances in there. Yeah. They're the only team, aren't they, who have played 2 1 2. Well, they've won the cup as well, didn't they? They thrashed at Hartley Pool. Oh, yeah, but like, no one else in the Championship has got a perfect record, only Blackburn. No. So it just shows you how hard this league is. And actually, come the end of the season, they might be up in that playoffs. So. You're right, they didn't, we didn't create much. I thought defensively, I thought actually the back four played quite well against Blackburn. KK, um, with, with, with Becker, I thought, in that game. And um, we just didn't bring anything, did we? Ilya Chair was a bit anonymous for a long period. Um, Dykes too. Jack, what did you, what did you think, mate? Yeah, I, th- I agree with what you guys have said. I, I think, you know, we were one of a handful of sides that didn't get a shot on target on the opening weekend in the EFL. It was like three or four sides. I think obviously Kakai, they're saying he tips onto the post, but I think the keeper can, you know, he's lying there. <laughs> I really, I felt for him because you know I thought you know Kakai had been great for the confidence to get that goal, and actually don't think he's been too bad this season so far. I know he's clearly not your starting right back going forward, but I think he's more than capable of being a squad player, you know, as your backup. Um, but yeah, Blackburn defensive shape was pretty decent. Clark Salter, Dicky were okay. Um, but yeah, the lack of creativity, I think you put that down to Willock not being in there because as proven in the next game, he was the absolute catalyst, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Middlesbrough, these are nice onto, onto Middlesbrough. I do, yeah, KK, I just want to quickly go on. I don't think he's been as bad as I've seen comments-wise. And I, and, um, I think he's done okay, actually. And we had, me and Dunk were talking the other day. Um, we were saying that we had slightly different views. I thought the reason he'd been doing a bit better was because there was no one there and he didn't have that. He knew that it was sort of his and he didn't have any, that, you know what I mean? He wasn't coming in to, you know, with an injured player or and then like, you know, do you know I mean? one game or two games to prove himself. At the moment, he is the only option there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, 
Well, we've still got Unks, haven't we? And Unks was playing wing-back, full-back last season oh, for us. Warps, so, I for me, I think it's... He knows... We have been linked all summer with a right-back. We've had bids rejected for uh, McNamara. So, he knows the club are actively looking for a right-back. So, you're going to up your game, aren't you? And I think and that's what he's doing, which is good. It's positive because he's, he has been solid these first couple of games compared to some of his games last season. He's never been, I've, he's never had the shirt though, has he? He's now, it's his shirt. So it's his to lose, right? Anyone comes in, they'll probably, you know, look, you know, well, the chances are they'll get it eventually. They'll probably get it. But, it it know, almost goes like, back, doesn't it, to the whole Todd Kane situation. Because when Todd Kane lost the shirt with his interview, like KK really performed. But was it, again, was that because Todd Kane had come out and said stuff negative about him? So he wanted to prove everyone actually that's not true. Or was it because he had the shirt and he was the first choice for the rest of the season? Is there any stats? I love doing this, don't I? Any um, <laughs> KK stats around this season compared to last that you can... Is there any anything obvious? No, I think, you know, he's he looks more more comfortable on the ball. You know, pass, his, his passing looks better, but, you know, without actually getting in and looking at the numbers, you know, uh, it's, you know the eye test is saying that he's... He's been a bit better. I mean, he looks like he's a little bit more adventurous going forward. I mean, you know, he's trying to beat his man against Middlesbrough, you know. But I think he does lack that killer instinct going forward. And in a, in a Michael Bill system, he absolutely adores these sort of flying wingbacks or, you know, fullbacks that can travel with the ball. And uh, did you see the latest player we were we, we were linked with um, at Man United right back, Ethan Laird? No, and if 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 that is the case that he's coming on loan, he's really really progressive fullback. Might not be defensively strongest, but he carries the ball really high high dribbler, and will be an attacking threat that maybe we're missing on the right. So maybe there's a trade off there where we get a bit we go a bit more attacking with a new right back. But Kakai seems like a solid guy that can fill position. He seems to like plug the gap, doesn't he? If he my only issue with him is not issue. Well, what is an issue, I guess, is that when we're up against it, or we need him to really dig in. I don't know. I thought like when Middlesbrough sort of, put, put, you know, they went pretty accelerated down, didn't they? And um, in the second half, and and we got killed down either wing, over both wings. We would. He, he, I don't know. I saw sometimes he loses his head a bit, and he's like, he's 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 not know where to go. He's looking, and I'm, he's like, I'll, I'll go there, or I'll go here, and he's, you know. It's just what it's that, that for me sometimes just a bit of a frustration. Um, but Borough, anyway, um, we were there when we dunk, and um, we were saying before the game that we didn't think the we were um unsure of the um how the atmosphere was going to be, how the game was going to go. Not the opt optimism completely different to last year, where when we were sat in the pub, Millwall, we were thought we were going to take we thought we were going to win the league, right? <laughs> um, and this time we're we're all sat on the fence, don't know which way it's going to go. Um, but the atmosphere when we got in, there was when we got to the ground, there was a great, really good atmosphere, good feel. I don't know whether it was the the, the um, Chloe Kelly and the stadium, Willock being back, those three things just kind of lifted everyone. And the atmosphere was great. Even before we scored, I've got to say, it was one of the best atmospheres I've been at Loftus Road for a while. Um, players really seemed to seemed to take that in. And it was it was one of the best 50, 40 minutes I've seen at Loftus Road for a long time. I say forty minutes because forty we could have been three two up by half time. Didn't it feel like a Luton game from a few years ago where we blitzed them like in the first half yeah. and they yeah. come back and it felt a little bit like a repeat of that where we're hanging on and 
you know, you're exactly quite like you're quite fearful. And I don't know why QPR do this to us, you know. So, they've got propensity to do that, don't they? But it's the roller coaster that you all love, isn't it? That's why we love going to watch QPR. Because you just know even what team is gonna go three 0 up and you know you're not comfortable. You're not you're not comfortable. You're not gonna sit there and go, ah, oh, sick guys, get the cigars out now and relax. Because you just know it's gonna be nervy and you know that Middlesbrough will go you always knew Middlesbrough will go score. Just at the time, like you know, it was the first time, yeah, you know, we've got three first half goals that you know, does not happen very often with us in the last few years. It was only the second time in the last 88 games that this had happened. The other was actually, Reading. yeah, it was red in January. Yeah. We'd absolutely blitz them as well. But you, as, as Dunk says, you just know this calendar year, set pieces have continued to be an issue. We keep conceding off them, and you know, Crooks comes in, and then you just feel like, right, Wilder's got something to give his team, you know, you know to get into really yeah no, obviously it was nice as well that actually we scored from a set piece a well worked yeah. one as well with obviously like um Dykes Two header. yeah so yeah, Jimmy like, I, yeah I feel like he didn't know much about it he got to be there ain't he? right place right time right, yeah exactly but like the actual like, Dykes one you could see that was something off the training ground something they'd worked on and it's good to see I sometimes feel like we've never had that because in previous seasons, that would have been Barbe blasting it into Rosette. It was like a decoy run, wasn't there? The, the, yeah. And it's like there's a, a queue of people ready to get on the end of that, which is great. But tell, tell you what, like, I was first of all really surprised to see Willock starting, but it was, it was, it, what a difference he made. You know, just oh. he, he is the spark in that team. And you just think, uh, you know, I had a look at how we are with and without him since the start of last season when he's become more of a regular player. We've won 46 games when he's played. And when he's not played, we've only won 19%. So he's talking double win percentage. And then, and just not just that, the goals per game goes from 0.7 when he's absent to 1.5 when he plays. So he he brings so much in not just goals and assists, but what he does for other people around him, like chair, you know, he opens up the space, you know, everyone else has more time to operate because of him. And he's, he's a bit of a lucky charm. You know, he scored in 11 games for QPR so far. We've not lost any of them. We've won nine, drawn two. So when he scores, invariably, we, we go on to win. And um, his goal just reminded me of... I saw people put the side-by-sides. It's Rafi Preston from so, years yeah. ago. He picks the ball and he goes <laughs> off, beats off a couple of people. And they were trying to hack Willock. And it's really impressive. Yeah. And he's obviously done some work in the gym because he just held them off, no problem. And then... He puts it in the top corner. And as I said, a stat I put on Twitter since the start of last season, he's been involved in more goals directly after carrying the ball five metres or more than any other championship player. So he's 12 goals he's contributed to. He's scored five and he's set up seven where he's picked up the ball and he's travelled with it and he's either set someone up or he's had a a shot and scored. So he really is growing into the team and it's he's almost as important to the team now as what Eze was like in his point. You got to get that vibe, don't you? you oh, yeah. mate, you get you get that because the team lifted in a pub. We were sat there. The team got announced. Everyone said Willick. It went round the pub. Everyone, you can see everyone going, yeah, like cheering. So and he has that effect on fans. No matter what, imagine what he's having in the dressing room when you know when they you know it must be, yeah, like you said, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I always think when he's not playing, we miss him massively. We need someone in to replace him when he's not, you know, if he's not around. But where do you get that type of player from that can? Well, I'm, I'm, hoping, like that. I'm hoping after his um, cameo against Charlton, um, Tyler Roberts could be the one that fills in that gap. He looked very good. He looked, he looked good, like similar kind of goal as well, like a little bit, like plot bins. 
I've got a couple, couple of lead season ticket holders at work, Opta. They're like real diehard fans, and they see him home and away. And what they said about Will, um, about Roberts is that very tidy footballer, you know, links to play really well. End product, not always there, but remember, he's been playing Premier League and as a bit part player. So it's quite, probably quite difficult to find your feet in games at that level. But at this, for our level, championship, I think he's going to be a real asset. And Bill seems really excited. And yeah, technically, he looks... Not going to say cut above. I think he's up there, but he's, he's he looks a lot better than what was on the pitch. Yeah, Charlton, yeah. Uh, he looks like a player, doesn't he? I mean, he's not fit either, is he? And that's the worry for me. I've got a Leeds best mate, and he tells me that he's just he's not fit enough either. He, he tends to get injured quite a lot, and that could be because he's not playing as much. And he comes in and bit part player here and there, but um, yeah, but yeah, looking forward to it. And, and do you know what? I look at it and think if we can get Willock fit and we can get Amos back on. We can get Armstrong a few more games under his belt, right? Which I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point. And we can get another striker in, right? Someone, I don't know, someone, just with a bit of pace, a bit about him. I don't, you know, going forward, we should have more than enough to, to, to do some stuff in this league. You've got Chair, Willock, Robert, Sinclair, you'd have, um, you know, you'd have Dykes, Bond. I thought, I think Shadubu could be an half decent player going forward. Um, bringing him on for the last 10-15 minutes, his pace could cause problems. Um, and Amos as well. I just think that's, you know, as well as a new striker. I could have, that sounds good to me. I don't know what you we've guys got think. a good like we've got a good core of player of players, haven't we? We've got our start I would say we have a good solid when everyone's fit, we've got a solid start and eleven. Maybe not quite right back yet, but um it's I, I think it's sometimes a lack of options that we have to bring on. We thought we bring we brought on Armstrong, Roberts, and um, Shadipo against Charlton, and they changed the game. And that's when we scored the goal. It lifted the you could see it lifted the team, and I think Armstrong was running into the channels and harassing players, which gave us something which we hadn't had from Bon. Also, I think with um, Roberts, there's like a there's a style to his game where he's, he doesn't look like a tar- he's not a target man but he kind of he just hovers around and he picks the ball up and he's such a nice first touch seems like he's more time on the ball than a lot of other people around him and he just seems to be able to like little one-twos and I think that's really important to how we try and play when you have like the chair and your Willocks and the little triangles and stuff I think he could be a really really useful player I mean on Roberts I mean scoring on his debut from outside the box doesn't happen very often the last player to do that was Remy versus West Ham in 2013 you know, so he, he came in and he had an instant impact, but no, I'm glad about that, mate. So, what, what, what a player Remy was as well. Oh. We that goal, that goal game, versus Wigan, mate, wasn't it? <laughs> that was crazy. His foot bent at a funny angle, wasn't it? But, I was there, mate. I'm sorry to talk about it. I was there, and we, I was like, we were like, when he shot, everyone was like, what are you doing? And then it just flipped into the top corner. That Roberts goal, by the way, blimey, what a goal. <laughs> Hit, hit, hit. Yeah. True, true hit. I had a stream. I was watching it on a stream, probably like most people. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, is that gone in? Like, because I didn't see the ball hit the back of the net, but the camera went to him as if, and he was celebrating. So like, it must have gone in. Yeah. No, he's great. And you're right about like sort of the dynamism in the team, potentially when everyone is fit with your Amos is running from midfield, Armstrong's off the bench, you know, Roberts and Willock and people like that. Even Shadipo actually looked quite good. Dodgy cross, you know, which he's you know, a couple of dodgy crosses, corner and one one where he got down the, the byline. But if he can just tighten up on the end product, he he could be an asset. And I think that's why the club have kept him around for so long because he's sh- he's shown flashes, but he's had such so many bad injuries. You just think it's kind of now or never season. But when everyone's fit, I don't see how he gets on the bench. 
you know, unfortunately. No, but the issue is, is we can't get everyone fit. No, exactly. Yeah, that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the issue. And what he gives us is what I don't see in, in many players is that pace. And we, Warburton, I always say it, our team last year missed pace. Yeah, You know, if it had a bit of pace about it up top, we, we would have done, we would have caused more trouble. And, you know, but, and, and but it's just the end product, isn't it? Like you say that we, he just lacks. So if he, yeah, if he could just get that. He had a good shot, didn't he? We turned inside yeah, and just cut in, yeah. Yeah, and I think Armstrong cut in and had one that deflected and was looking like it was going to get on target as well. So you you want that, don't you? you it, it's like a bare minimum requirement, and it it doesn't. You have to be the most skillful player in the world, but if you've got that willingness to carry the ball, run at people, put defenders on the back foot, it creates space and it you know it creates opportunities. And if you've got if the people that were given the chance didn't do that initially, your bonds, your domers, your chairs, well then we've got people that can are willing to do that and in the right sort of game, give them a go. You know, if... Yeah. Definitely... On Ilias' chair, he, he, looked up, he looked on fire in pre-season. I know the opposition sometimes weren't great, but he looked fit and he looked like... And I heard Bill say that he'd come back looking in good, better, better shape than anyone had seen him. Um, but he, 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 I, don't know what, I don't know what it is, but there's something... I don't know. He doesn't... He's not even the flashes are even less than they were last season at times, you know. And, and I'm a bit slightly worried. Or we need to find he needs to find some form, doesn't he? It, it feels like so. Like we we all obviously played football as kids and stuff. Like you know when you're trying too hard to make an impact, and I feel that's what Chair's doing. He's trying too much. He's keeping hold of the ball for too long. He's overcomplicating things because. He wants to be seen as the main man this year. And actually, sometimes it's better not doing all that kind of stuff. It's just giving the ball away, giving the ball to easy passes, simple passes, give and goes, rather than trying to beat three men like Trapp used to and whack it top corner. Chair's trying to be the, the, like be a trapped kind of figure, but he's not pulling it off. And he, I think he just needs to simplify his game, go back to the basics, pass and move, because that's what Roberts did for his goal. Little one-two. Had a bit of space and then he had the chance to find the top corner. Yeah, I definitely feel like you're right about the keeping hold of the ball for a little bit too long, just a fraction. I mean, it does feel like that's the general consensus on why he hasn't gone up a, a level because, like, in terms of a, a Premier League team coming in and buying for him, he's very highly rated amongst all of us because we see him week in, week out and he's clearly yeah. a very gifted player. But you're right, it, you don't want him to stagnate. And maybe there's, you know, there's some improvements he needs to make this year to, to kick on so the club can maybe cash in on him or he just, you know, becomes a better player that can lead us to success. But yeah, he, I, I think that's a great assessment. I think he's made possibly trying too hard. Obviously, he had a kid, didn't he, um, recently? So I don't know if he's, you know, is he tired? But, <laughs> yeah, it, could, it could be a, a number of things, but it's early days and you don't know how, you know, are they still getting their match legs, you know, from... Yeah. So we'll see how it goes, I think. But Charlton was uh, one of those, it's, it's our traditional EFL Cup exit. Last yeah. five seasons, we've gone out to a League One side. So they're in keeping with the last few seasons. So uh, nothing new there. But uh, and it, but it wasn't just QPR. Actually, you know, there was... Half the league, wasn't it? Yeah, there was 14 championship teams that played a lower league side this round. 12 of them went out. 12 out went out that played a lower league thing so we're not alone actually with the injuries does that is it you don't you never want to go out of a cup do you and i i hate seeing us go out of cups like that's one of my real frustrations with qpr sometimes how 
weak we are in the cups. But right now with the injury list, it might be a blessing. Yeah, what frustrates me about all these cup runs and where we go out is these fringe players that come in and get given the opportunity. I, I just, they just, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like, like I think Bill said in his interview, which I want to talk about at some point, but he said that the players didn't, you know, that, that didn't take their opportunity, right? You know, so I, I assume he means players like Bon, um, Thomas. Thomus. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Nico was clearly, you know, pointed out in it as well. Um, but um, you know, maybe even Andre Dezel as well. Like again, flashes again of what you can do. A couple of really good passes, but overall, considering his ability, because we all know he's got that ability. Like we've said it every week, he doesn't do enough, does he? He doesn't get the ball, and he's not commanding, and he doesn't. He just kind of floats around, and he's just there. Does that make sense? And he'll get the ball, and sometimes yeah. he'll just ping it. And, and sometimes, like I always think, he's a bit like a five, you know, that player at five side that doesn't do anything at five side. But then all of a sudden he'll get the ball and he'll just do like an unbelievable pass and everyone will go, oh, wow, that was amazing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a bit like that. Yeah. But anyway, my point being that it frustrates me that some of these players can't take the opportunity. George Thomas, I mean, I know I know we wanted to have a quick word on him, but I know he seems like he's injured now for a few weeks, which is um, frustrating, but I'm just not sure he's ever going to... Yeah, we've, we've stuck up on him. Sorry, we've stuck up for him, haven't we, in past podcasts yeah. about as we sort of said, we can see that there's a player in there. Technically, there's there's, there's something there, and he, he's he's got pace and he works hard. But I make it 44 games in all competitions for QPR, only 15 starts, but still he hasn't scored. And he's had, and it's not like he hasn't had chances. He's had chances. We've all seen it where he's missed a couple in a game where he came on back in the last season. I can't remember who, but he he has had his chances to score one on ones, and you know, and that just doesn't seem to have that confidence. And it's getting to a point now where. Yeah, that that Charlton game represented the big chance for him, I think. And I don't think that knock in the first minute helped, but I didn't see him for the rest of the game. And yeah, there's a few, as you say, hammer line. And I think, yeah, we we can all see he's out of his depth at, at left back. And it's, you know, when Powell's out, you know, we're short, aren't we? We are. And, but there's probably not budget to go and get another one. Hammer line against Charlton, you know, you don't want to pick on people, but he lost the ball more times than any other QPR player, you know, lost possession of it. So it's, he is he's a little bit of a liability, um, but the quicker powers back, the better. But yeah, George Thomas, I am running out of patience with him, you know, sadly. It's difficult, isn't it? Because we had him on and he said that he, he backs himself to, to like take chances. We asked him, like, is there anything he needs to improve on? And he said, like, he doesn't need to improve his finishing. He backs himself. And it just seems that actually in games, when he gets that chance, he doesn't have that split second of composure just to have a think about what he's actually going to do. I feel it's almost like he panics. So. The best, the best thing for him and for the club um, is for him to go out on loan, option, you know, and us to bring him back in January if he does well. Send him to a good League One team, maybe even like I don't know, like a rubber room, I don't know, someone lower in the Championship where he'll play. And just see how he does. We can play more often, and then if he does well, we can bring him back in January. Um, because, like, like, um, um, should do. when if we got a full strength team, I, I can't see him being anywhere near the squad personally. Yeah, and he's he's not he's not young. I mean, he's was he twenty four, George Thomas? Yeah, twenty four, twenty five. Mm. Yeah, so it's like 
Yeah, there's, there's, we keep talking about, well, QPR get referred to as like a young squad. And as a general squad, yeah, it's a young squad, but most of the people that are in and around the team are 24, 25. It's a bit, bit of a misbelief, that, isn't it? Because misbelief is that even a word? I don't know. But my point is, is that it isn't true, is it? I don't think that we have that younger squad. Um, like no. Tyler Roberts, I, I listened to Bill's interview earlier, and Tyler Roberts is, is younger than. All these players that we're mentioning, which seems mad a little bit, doesn't it? Because it feels like he's been around a while, but he's younger than all of these players. Yeah, Hamelinen and Thomas, twenty-five. So yeah. they're not. Yeah. twenty-four, isn't he? Twenty-four. Yes, yeah. they're not experienced players, but they're not young players at the same time. So it's this awkward. Gap. Yeah, Dykes is twenty-four. Isn't he twenty-four, twenty-five. Like that. Yeah. He's not as old as I thought he was. Actually, he's only twenty-six. But. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really it's what is it a Doma and Johansson, the, the players the other side of thirty, and everyone else is that little twenty range. See, for me, a Doma didn't really take his chance against Charlton. What's his? Is yeah. he playing that position? He's not really playing as a. I don't know. Well, is I he don't. It's, it's difficult in it because well, we all love him because he's a, he's a he's a fan of the club. Like he gives that energy. He's always really positive. Like you've got to love that side of him. But it's just really difficult because actually, where he's only a fringe player. When he comes in, he's it's a bit like with Thomas, like with all of them. They, they're not having any kind of regular match rhythm. Yeah. They're coming in for the odd 20 minutes of a game, 15 minutes, or they start like a cup game and they've got no rhythm to go with. And then they all kind of they okay, struggle though. to. That's what I'm saying. Adoma is the same. Yeah, like he's just not, they're not getting any kind of fluency into their game to then have a run in the team to make an, like an impact. Yeah, it's, it is difficult, isn't it, when players can't get that rhythm and that run and we're judging them on every little minute that they have. Yeah. But, you know, we need to, like, maybe take a step back sometimes on these players and, and think about, like, exactly what you said. Are they? Is it the right circumstance for them to perform? Are they playing in the right position, set up? We don't know. But, like, yeah, there, there are a few players that didn't take the chance against Charlton. And the bottom line is that it, it makes you think the squad outside of the first 11, maybe two or three subs is not really there. It's, it's thin, isn't it? Yeah. I kind of find that it's, you know it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? It's football. It's if you're not in the squad, you need to get it. If you're not in the, if you've not got the shirt, you get the shirt. You don't get many. No one gets many opportunities to, to get that shirt. So when you, I kind of think you've got to take it, you've got to give it. You've got yeah, to find the rhythm. It, you've got to... it, yeah, but it's hard to find that rhythm if you've not um, played since pre-season. Then there's been two match games and you've not played. Yeah, but you wrote, all you're doing is training. Here. Players we're talking about here have had enough opportunity. Nico has had enough opportunity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nico's right. Yeah, Jordan but it's the play- had enough opportunity. Adoma's had enough opportunity. These players are players that are 19, 20, and we're asking too much. Armstrong, absolutely. He right. backs up with Flint, doesn't he? When Armstrong is on, he, it's, maybe it's youthful inexperience or exuberance. I love whatever. it, mate. I love it. Oh. And he, he makes an impact when he comes on, doesn't he? He, looks he just puts him. himself about. He's like Jamie Mack about him. He just he just runs into players and just like he's a bit like a bit like a deer. He just like, but I think that puts defenders at ease. Yeah, he he's raw. We can all see that. But like it was him chasing down the ball. That the goal. Us getting the possession yeah. of the ball that went to Roberts. So I jotted it down, Jack. See, I could be, I could be. A st- I literally said what to say today. <laughs> yeah. Had that, had Dykes played right, it's only like we're talking like. I'm not saying he wouldn't have tried to get that ball because he would have, because he does work hard, Dykes. But he just wouldn't have got any and close enough for the defender to panic. Yeah, and not have enough time to think where he's going to pass it. It's only like two seconds, but that that made all the difference because it was a terrible pass which Dizel picked up, put it over to Roberts, and he had the space to pick it in the top corner. But yeah, Jack, I was going to say that thing. 
I'm sorry for stealing your thunder there. Um, <laughs> you did, mate. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, but no, I think Armstrong, keep doing what they're doing. I wouldn't start him. I would keep dropping him in 30 minutes, yeah. five minutes, 20 minutes, that sort mm. of stuff. See if he can make a difference. And then if he, sooner or later, you know, the way, the, as a, because he's so positive, you do see a goal in him, don't you? You he, see. He just, he just needs one, doesn't he? Just literally get a goal. And yeah, I think he'll soar then. His confidence will just go through the roof. I yeah. mean, Le- Le- Les is, Le- when we spoke to him last season, he's seeing power stuff. They're seeing power signs all over there. Yeah. You know, it's all well, over his eyes, mate. No, like, like, Liverpool and Man City have both been linked with, haven't they? They're both no, scouting he's, him. He's if he gets there, anywhere yeah. near where he's supposed to, where, where we think he'll get to, he, he, he'll be gone in a couple of years for, for, for quite but, a big but, you know. But this is always my argument, though. If they're that good and they're being scouted by these Premier League teams, why aren't we playing them? I mean, like it goes back to them that Josh Bowler who went to Everton for five million, wasn't it? He didn't even make a first team appearance, did he? Or one or two? One. We never saw him. Season against like, Norwich, we lost. And then, like, why? Why wasn't he anywhere near our first team? If suddenly Everton are coming in and bidding for him, yeah, like, he wasn't anywhere near their first team, was he? He got loaned yeah, out. Yeah, I know. He, he took mean, a while to develop, and you're right. Like, we should, had we had given him the opportunity, he would have developed quicker, and we may have got a player out of him. Well, he performs for Blackpool now, doesn't he? Yeah. That's my worry, but it feels like this is a busy agent. Anytime Armstrong has any sort of success when he's on loan, there was this Man City link, which was nonsense, according to the journalists, the local journalists. Um, but now Liverpool apparently linked. You don't know if it's just made up Twitter stuff. You can't pinch of salt. But yeah, he he's someone you've got to let's not put too much on him and just bleeding him in, see if he can make an impact when we need him to. And if he takes his chance, then yeah, crack on. Let's see what he can do as a starter. But He's a lovely option to have, and we've needed someone up front with pace. Like he's so fast and so strong. Um, It's just can he, you know, get better with the ball and you know his end product. We we haven't seen enough, have we? But he looks really promising, and the crowd was singing his name, weren't they? Charlton, you know, they really they really got behind him, which is great. Yeah, like I said, it gives us, I've always, like I said earlier, different dynamic, bit of pace, a bit all over the gap sometimes. But but again, if you're chasing a game. You know, you probably wouldn't bring him on when we were three-two up against Borough, which he, he probably wouldn't have come on then. I don't think. Um, no, it's the wrong kind of game, isn't it? I just, I'm just conscious. I wanted to mention Borough, just, just that game. I just Borough are in a bit of a mess at the moment as well, aren't they? They are struggling. They lost again last night or the other night. Um, yeah, they lost. Yeah. So I just, I just hope that we've not, we've not, we played them at the right time. I.e., that if we play them in another month or two, we might get a different Borough. What what I'm, what I mean by that is then it reflects that we you know that we are ahead of where maybe we are and and Bill's right isn't he he's like we we he's trying to embed a, a completely different philosophy and a way of playing although like, we haven't seen it yet I think he is trying to do that um, and it will take time and it's not helping the fact that we're probably missing a couple of players from a transfer perspective and also we've got players injured and I, it feels like it, Roberts some of the players that are injured are really key to him the way he wants to play like Amos Richards would have been quite important Richards um, yeah that, that impression that he was going to be yeah. that, that sort of him and Amos were going to be dovetailing like changing changing out like depending on who you're playing you know you've got another ball carrier there he obviously wants people that can run with the ball yeah. So, and as we saw with Eze Willock it makes such a you know a huge difference to you know putting the opposition on the back foot and stuff so yeah, that Richards one I was quite disappointed with. You know, he had a nice backstory, didn't he? Being a QPR fan and coming on loan with you to, your obligations to buy is the wording. So, but yeah, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. The Clark Sorter one's a bit disappointing, but I'm I'm glad to see Jimmy Dunn in the team. And we just got to hope they both stay fit because, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, that is a really bad actually because he looked for white Blackburn, but uh, you know him and Dunn's a, a really good replacement to come in. It's just then where do you go <laughs> if if Dicky or Dunn are out, it, it then becomes a bit tight, doesn't it? Masterson. Yeah. You know. it's, it, like, we've had a lot of injuries, haven't we? Unusual amount, it feels like. like. We had a lot last season and we've it's carried on it's into this season. On. You, I, I said to you the other day, like, I thought like with a new training pitch, like a state-of-the-art facility and all this kind of stuff, that's supposed to like eliminate some of these like niggly little, like muscle injuries because they're not playing on tired pitches or bobbly pitches. So why are they still picking up injuries? It's the field, it's, it's the market that we're in, mate. We're in this free transfer market, loan transfer market. And what you find is, is that there's players in there that are in there for a reason. And that reason is they're injury prone. Or then, you know, there's a worry that they're going to pick up an injury. Hence why some of the bigger clubs don't come in for them. You know, yeah. we, and like, you know, and, and unfortunately that's just the nature of the beast. Even though I do agree that our recruit, we seem to be recruiting players that have got a very well-known injury history. That Richard's got injured in, the, got injured in a, in a medical, um, yeah. Coventry fans, the one thing they said was, if you can keep him fit, he's great, but he's never fit. Tyler Roberts, I've had loads of Leeds fans say, if you can keep him fit, he'll be great, but he's never fit. And, and when you know it, all four of our sides have all been injured. We've only entered game three, so it is a worry, isn't it? Yeah, and it goes back to when we bought Device and Sam Field, they came with injury records yeah. and both have spent time out. You know, I know yeah. Sam Field's been been a lot more present since that knee surgery he's had, but there was definitely, you know, it's just the the pool we're, we're swimming in, isn't it? We, yeah. we get players with some sort of... A Amos was another one. Amos, yeah. Again, Amos has been and hopefully, you know, and he felt like War Warburton was really cautious with injuries and people and players, wasn't he? he? To the point where we the fans were a bit frustrated that certain players aren't playing more like you, you get Amos's. But then Bill kind of went the other way, didn't he? Starting Willock was a bold, bold decision. And it, you know, it paid off because we got the win. But then is he going to be fit for Sunderland? The room, you know, he's mentioned that he might not be. And as we've we've said about Willock, you know, he's He's so important to the team, but you know maybe it was desperation from Bill to get him in because we needed that win, that home win, that first home win. And if we can uh, get, you know, hopefully Powell will. One of them's in the squad, but I think it sounded unlikely judging by his pre-match video he posted today with the club channel. What do you think on Bill's interviews? I had a debate with my dad the other, the, the my uncle the other day about the. He didn't like his interview that he gave after the Charlton game, whereas I liked it. Um, I thought it was completely different to Warburton. Warburton's very PC, protect the players. No, you would never hear him bad, like call out a player ever, right? But Bill seemed to do that and, and sort of st state the obvious, which is what we know, but we, we like to hear a manager say that, don't we? I do anyway. Um, but whereas I think my uncle was coming out, he's a bit unprofessional and a bit like, you know, keep it in the house and stuff like that. So I, I wonder what your your views were well for me personally i think criticism if you've not performed you should be criticized on one level like i go back to when I, when I used to play football if my manager said to me i'd had a crap game the next game i'd be out to try and prove a point and be like oh, i'm better than what you think i am so i i thrived off criticism on one level i wanted to prove managers wrong or other people wrong i was better than what i could be and i think modern footballers aren't like that I think modern footballers are so pandered to, and it's like you said that everything's all PC. Like they can't, you can't say anything, you can't upset anybody. I think that for me is how where modern football is going. Is you've got to be so careful. But it, for me, I find it refreshing that Beal's come out 
and been critical of the team and critical of players who haven't taken their chances. So I'm I'm all for it. I think um, he went early on this type of criticism. It's really <laughs> three games in. You know, it's really yeah. hard to dig out the people that you're going to need at the weekend. But that's exactly I, what Wankel said. You, yeah. You're going to need these players. You, you call them out. It's dangerous. Yeah. So either he's the man management works and he gets a reaction um, out of these people immediately, or they shrivel and they they go in themselves and they don't. But I feel like he said what a lot of us have been thinking about the players over the last 18 months for some of them where they're so inconsistent and one week they're great the next week they look you know just hopeless but I I, I, I this particular interview I, I, I agreed with what he said I think it needed saying I think it needed calling out and you know there's people there that maybe don't want to be at the club you know they want to go out to you know, play for their boyhood club you know, Ipswich or whatever but you know there was an opportunity there to to grab it and there was people that let him down and the way we conceded again that sort of off a corner second phase as he's calling it it is that because he's got everyone in the box should you leave a couple of people up I don't know I don't know what you thought about that the way we're defending set pieces this season yeah there seems to be a bit of a change isn't it? it was the last minute so I feel like it was a bit of a panic everyone was in there but yeah on hindsight maybe on, if it was the 50th minute you would assume threw up front but because it was the 90th minute you, everyone's all you know panics a little bit and kind of what you've been told goes out the window a little bit which um, yeah. which is probably what happened I mean it's a, it's an unbelievable strike isn't it really um yeah, yeah. some I've, looking at it yeah probably should have stopped it but sometimes you know I'd, you know, it's frustrating, isn't it? That he was in the, he was, I still think we would have got another one if that was earlier on in the game. I feel like if we, if we had another 10 minutes, I felt like we probably would have scored all extra time. But, um, yeah, no, the Beal, yeah, the Beal interview, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, I, he's just, he's honestly, and, and I just, he just, for me, as much as I, I do want to see, he just does need to be careful. There's a line, and I, that line is, Promising we're close on one or two signings like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and we still haven't seen a signing. That's a dangerous game to play, isn't it? Like he said it a couple of times, you know, we're close to signing some really exciting players, but we, yeah, we but haven't. The problem is, is that he might be getting told that from the board. The board might be saying, yeah, we've this deal was nearly ready to go, and someone else might be coming in last minute and taking the player. Yeah, from but no deal's is. done till it's done, is it? Exactly. Yeah, today they were like, Probably jumped the gun. Like there was, I mean, it got the news broke that if you know QPR advanced talks to get Ethan Laird right back from Man United on loan. Fabrizio Romano tweeting about QPR again seems to love us at the moment. Wait, that it? Yeah. That come from? But what 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 does that do? Is that bad for the club? Are other clubs now going to try and get wind of it and get in? You know, but it may. Hopefully, it's further down the line. It's a case of him being announced. That'd be great because we're desperate for that player. But you're right; he has been sort of hinting, and maybe it's just. At these players that are coming in a few days away, maybe we don't know. Is it is it our fault? Is it the club that we're trying to buy the players off? Are they moving the goalposts the last minute? Is the player not wanting to join? It's probably, there's so many things that probably go into it. But yeah, if we, we we are in desperate need now, aren't we, of getting a few more bodies in? And I think Bill's frustration came out in that Charlton interview. I think that's what that was as well. Lack, you know, lack, lack of signings, maybe reading between the lines. Lack of signings, things is a bit bit worrying. Where's you know. We we had money bidding for Bagnamara. I don't know what we were bidding, but it's fair. It like a you know five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand. You know, where's we're desperate for a right back. So if it's not going to be Magnamara, we've got to get someone in. 
So, and it's, I saw that Bill said we need to sell someone to bring someone in up front. Again, like you said, Jack, I wonder if that's hinted at someone leaving and, you know, Macaulay Bond maybe looking to move him on. Yeah, I, don't, I can't see him get rid of Dykes unless it's a, a, a transfer offer from someone, you know, that comes in and poaches him. But Dykes' form isn't really good enough to warrant a move elsewhere, really. Um, unless one of the big Scottish teams, Rangers of Celtic, desperate for him and offer money, but can't see it. But I think, uh, well, again, I don't know the finances, but you, you read what, you know, people say and maybe it sounded like we pushed the boat out a little bit last season. Um, to the point where we couldn't spend money in January, <laughs> you know, to maybe boost the squad when they needed to. And this summer, it's been we've released all those players on, you know, probably on, you know, your Charlie Austin, your Lee Wallace's, your Barbes, Odebajos. We're not, you know, Gray's not there now. So maybe like they've, they've saved some money, but maybe that money's just gone straight back into balancing the wage bill a little bit. And now it is maybe a case of loans and then one in, one out sort of thing. But uh, yeah, there's a few from Charlton game that. You know, your Thomases, your Bonds, are we looking to move those to great space? There'll be a couple going out, mate. I think um, there's a couple of Patakis as well floating around, isn't there? A couple of other fringe players. Charlie Owens is a, is, a, is a really strange one. I don't really get what, what what's going on there. Keep offering him new deals. He's, he's, a, he's, he's like, I don't know, I think he's must be nearly 30 now. <laughs> I think I'm, I don't think he is, but, <laughs> he's um, 25 this year, so he's 24. He? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Keep offering him so, one year deals and he never plays. I know he's had a lot of injuries, I get it. But two ACLs, isn't it? Something like that. Then we've got like Patash as well, haven't we? Like he's another like odd one where he has you've had a few flashes in games, haven't you? He looks quite like he could be quite a good little player. But then goes as as a loan, doesn't pull up any trees. Pete McKenna. What? One, yeah, and the handful of appearances under Warburton did okay on loan at Torquay, but then asked the fifth tier. Yeah, there's, there's there's work to be done, and he and Bill said, isn't he? There's there's quite we're a bloated squad, but at the same time thin, maybe in in sort of the quality side of it, you know, the depth. But there's a lot of a lot of boys there that maybe need to go out and play football. But I, again, the comment I heard from Bill was that it's people got to pay their wages in full. So maybe the lack of interest is because people don't want to cover their full wages. Yeah, changes right. So the club, will, you know, QPR will do what. Clubs do when we're buying their players is those wage demands will come down. Like Naki Wells, remember that he was he was hundred percent all summer until the last few days of the window and it went down to forty percent. So I'd imagine we'd do that the closer it gets to the end of the window. Hence some of these players. I think I think again we've heard there's a bit of interest in George Thomas from a few lower championship clubs. Um but they might not be willing to pay the hundred percent of his wages. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. So quickly then with Sunderland coming up, um what is have you, has any of you got any memories that spring to mind over the years? I've, I couldn't think of a couple. Jack, you must have one, mate. I what? think we beat him in the Premier League at Stadium Light. Dribble CC. Zamora scored a decent goal, didn't he, against him in the Premier League at Stadium Light. That was a good one. Yes, and you know, Leroy first scored as well, didn't he? I remember we won 2-0 and Leroy first scored. I watched it. I remember watching it on my phone. I don't know why I remember that. Uh, wasn't it CC at home? Scored against Sunderland. Like last, wasn't that the last minute? Yeah, was that Stoke. Sunderland? Was that Stoke? Stoke uh, no, they red and white in it. The same teams. <laughs> do you know? What I, do you know what one that Chris brings to mind is is oh, Jack. You'll know this one, mate. The we played them away from home. Paul Furlong. We had that oh, yes. light blue kit. I think we won three 0 Roland scored as well in like the first minute. I always remember that game. We we absolutely dominated. Them. We won three 0 Um, and I think they were flying high or something. And um. 
Rollins had furlongs for an absolute boomer from like 30 yards at the top corner. He could, he could hammer a shot, couldn't he? Yeah. He wasn't just ahead of him. Yeah. Um, we've also got a little um, little snippet from the Roka Report podcast. They've just given us a bit of a quick two-minute snippet of how Sunderland are getting on. So, um, Sam, take it away. Hi, lads. Sam here from the Roka Report podcast, looking to give a bit of an insight into Sunderland um, and offer your listeners a bit of an understanding of how we are going into the game on Saturday against yourselves. Um, in terms of before the season started and currently going on, because as we know, the transfer window goes long into the season, sadly, this year, um, we looked, we are looking and look to keep sort of the core squad that got us promoted from League One together. So we signed the likes of Jack Clark from Tottenham on a permanent deal. We had him on loan last year in League One. Um, we managed to tie Patrick Roberts down to a contract extension. We offered Lyndon Gooch a contract extension. Bailey Wright stayed as well. Um, the only sort of player of note we've brought in who wasn't with us last year is Dan Ballard, central defender, who um, Sunderland fans are really... Obviously, it's only been two games in pre-season, but Sunderland fans are sort of raving about him already. He looks, he looks a step above what we have. He looks like he's... He's more than comfortable in playing in this division. Obviously, he was at Millwall last year and Millwall fans were very disappointed at not getting back. And considering they weren't far off getting the playoffs, it was very, very good to see him come to a newly promoted club. Shows the pull we still have maybe in this division. So that was a positive. Um, in terms of how things have started, the first game back in the Championship was a great occasion um, live on Sky against Coventry. It's a shame of the kickoff time being twelve o'clock on a Sunday, but there was still if 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 any of you saw forty thousand at the stadium alight, it was unbelievable. Full display in the crowd. It just felt good to be back. It felt good to be positive for a season. We haven't had that for about without being dramatic, maybe ten years now. So. That was good. And the main positive I took from the first game of the season against Coventry is we didn't look out of place. Obviously, the step up between League One and the Championship is quite big nowadays. Um, and we, we took the lead against Coventry, looking good. They still had some chances. And I think towards the end of the game, second half-wise, they just showed their class and they showed the squad now with the five-substitute uh, rule. That may be where we come undone in the championship in terms of Sunderland because we have sort of a good 11, 13, 14 players maybe. But clubs in this division are going to have five ready-made championship players to come on. And Coventry did that, dominated the last stages. And it, it took it took a great goal from Gokarez, I think his name is. I wasn't going to try and pronounce that, but probably just embarrassed myself. He... um. Spun a few of our players and just smashed it in the bottom corner and it showed all of our fans the step up from what we've been used to in League One. But no, it wasn't a bad start. And then last weekend against Bristol City, just a, a great game for the neutrals. Obviously not for defences, but um, Ellis Sims made his debut up front with Ross Stewart for us. Scored after four minutes outside the box. And then um, scored again in the second half, sort of a breakaway. It looked like he took it too far wide, cut back, cut inside the defender and threw the keeper's leg. So 
him to get two goals and then Ross Stewart opening his account, which was a big goal for Ross Stewart because I think the first goal at a new level where he's untested at this level was a big one. Get get uh, some some fans off his back in case you know if it goes on five ten games it, it can it can become an issue. But to score the winner in the first away game of the season in front of our away fans is excellent and that should give them confidence going into the weekend. Um, so with that being said, our strengths definitely is going forward. I mean, Jack Clark's looks unbelievable on the left. He's playing left wing back, but much more attacking than you would expect a left wing back. Um, Alex Pritchard's the main man, though I would say still pulling the strings. Got two assists on Saturday against Bristol City, and he's his passing at this level is just unbelievable. And then, obviously, as I mentioned before, we've got our two strikers firing, so. We should score goals at this level, and I think we will. However, the weakness is going the other way for us. We're playing a five, a three-slash-five at the back now, but our wing-backs are the problem. We're playing Lyndon Gooch at right wing-back, who spent all his career being a winger. Even in League One, he was playing up front for us at one point, so he's not a full-back. And then on the other side, we're playing Jack Clark, who's definitely not a full-back. He's an attacker. So if... Um, you have good wingers, or just I, I imagine your tactic will just be get down the outside, catch us on the counter attack when, uh, Clark and Gooch bomb forward on the counter attack. So I would say that was our weakness. Um, prediction, prediction for the match. I was I was gonna say one one, but just rambling on for five minutes about how we've actually been pretty good has made me a bit more optimistic and the fact that it's in front of hopefully another 40,000 fans um, cheering them on. I'm going to say a 2-1 win to Sutherland, but if we do manage to win, I think it'll be tight because yourselves are a very good team. I saw the game against Middlesbrough's highlight. Um, I saw the, I'm sure everyone's seen the goal from Willick. What a goal that is. Obviously, you he's, he's definitely have the better Willick brother. Um, but no, that was a great goal, and if he's fit and firing again, I, I, I fancy him to score. So, I'm gonna go for a Sunderland two-one win or a Sunderland narrow win. So, thanks, lads. Cheers. Right then. So, what's what's your predictions, lads? Sunderland. <sighs> uh, I'm worried because I don't know who what the team's gonna be. I, I, if we're playing, if Powell's out, it means Nico starts. That worries me. Uh Stadium of Light as well. It's a big stadium. The Sunderland fans are like that was going to be a, that would be a sellout for them. There'd be a big atmosphere up there. I've, I reckon one one. I'm going for a draw. I think it was going to be a nervy game. I think we all struggle there. Um, I think I'm hoping some of this injury report stuff from Bill is a bit of gamesmanship, where uh, maybe a couple of these players actually. Or on the bench mysteriously they make a return or you know Willock starts again I'd feel a lot more confident if I saw that I think we'd do well to get a point as you say pack crowd they come up lots of momentum they're unbeaten in the last 15 league games not including playoffs um we're unbeaten again in six against Sunderland so we've got a decent your recent record when they were up in the championship so it's not so recent um but our record against newly promoted teams especially away from home is something to be you know, admired, you know, sarcastically speaking. We've won two of our last 23 away championship <laughs> games against newly promoted teams. Lost you must look at these stats, mate, and they were... 
know that they exist before you're even there. Like <laughs> I, I don't know if you'd be able to know to name the two away chat the away games we won against these newly promoted teams in the last few years. One was in 2016 in August yeah. under Hasselbank. Yeah. That was Wigan. And uh, and also Hull away last year. We you know we won, didn't we? We blitzed. Oh, yeah. That was that was a good game, wasn't it? Yes, that was a good yeah. That was, start of the that was start of the season as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is about League One sides. Either in the EFL Cup, we go out to them, or if it, they come up to the Championship away from home, we seem to not the best record. Yeah, two wins from the last twenty-three. But that said, I think <laughs> you just don't know. So it's always funny results early on in the season. We might go up there and win three 0 You know, it might all click again. But I'll take a point. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go one all as well. I'm going to go three three. Three three. I think. I think. I just think. I think. Yeah. I'm just going to go for it. They won 3 3 2 at the weekend, didn't they? Um, yeah, against yeah, Bristol I City. Yeah, I just fancy 3 3. I, 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 literally, it could go either way again, couldn't it? And it's like the season, our season this season couldn't be any on the fence, I don't think. I'm speaking to people around the ground, nobody's really sure whether we we could just as easily be in a relegation battle as we could surprise people and be up there. Do you know what I mean? We're in that. Yeah. And, and Bill, there's something there for Bill, and he's got something. But he just needs to play it right. You know, it's like having a good, like a half decent poker round. If you play it right, you could win. Win, but we'll see how that goes. But lads, just the three of us. What we done? Um, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe, and uh, we'll be back next week after the. Is it Blackpool we got next week? Isn't it? Tuesday night, but Blackpool. Yeah, Tuesday night. Tuesday yeah. Night, yeah. Going to that? No, I think you go, Doug. I was trying. I'm trying to convince the missus to let me go. So. You won't be going then. I've just, I've just, I've, oh, I'm going away for the weekend with her, so hopefully I'll get me some brownie points. So <laughs> <laughs> we're on telly, aren't we? We're on the sky, aren't we? That never goes well either. Jack, don't one. ruin it. <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> it's sky bad stat. Stat. Yeah, no, I have to look up that one a bit later, but maybe I'll keep that to myself. <laughs> I'm not going to be the best. Fair enough, all right, lads. All right. See you later. You are. Take it easy. You are. You are. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.